Welcome back to the third segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you're just joining us, we are talking about adoption and men and how that's a part of our life or should be or could be. And we've got a couple guys in the room today who were sharing their adoption stories. And we just left off with Travis. And uh, he just had a couple kids in the house who then were removed from the house to go with their biological dad, which had to be tough. They were in the house for a year. But the story is not done. The story is not done. So, Travis, uh, continue on. So, the, the those story two of, those two kids left with their father, correct. left your home, right. which had to just kind of, in some ways, really break your it heart. It did, but the Lord prepared us really well, which we didn't understand. Um, he set us up. Our little girl, Judah, was born seven days before those two kids left. Oh. Um, so, which really allowed our hearts to be filled again. Um, We had never had children before Tristan and Taya, who are the two kiddos that we had for a year. Okay. Um, So the Lord was really protecting us and showing us his grace in that. Yeah. So we had Judah to love. You know, we had our our first biological little girl to love, our only little girl, which my wife probably would want another one. But anyway. um, (laughs) That's another story. That's another story for another day, guys. Um, But... That being said, so we had Judah, we spent a year with Judah, loving her really, really well, Um, and then the Lord brought us some other kiddos. We had three other children in in between, and then, um, which were just short times, fostering them, loving them, trying to connect with the families, and just do whatever that we could. Okay, so those three kids, they were there in your home for how long? Uh, Anywhere from a couple weeks to a couple months. Okay. So just um, fostering for a short period right, of time. Okay. Right. Being being a bridge. And so then we got Jordan and Harlan. Jordan and Harlan were one and three when they came into our home. They had been in five other different homes. We were the fifth home, I believe, um, in the six months that they had been in the system. Um, so there's a lot of issues that we're working through with them. Um, not any communication with the family. So. It should be a very cut and dry scenario. And so we walk through this and two and a half years later, last week, we finalize our adoption with those boys. They're fully integrated into our home. They're the oldest in our home. They're um, how old now? Five, they're six and three. So we have one, three, three, and six. Hmm. Your hands are full. My wife's hands <laughs> are full. I, I come home about 5.30 and take over a little bit. Um, but the Lord has just kind of been really, really faithful to us. Um, but yeah, that's the hmm. that's the gist. And we're going to come to Billy, but we'll, I'll, we'll come back to you a little bit. Some of the difficulties that you've you know had. How do you, how do you how do you wait two and a half years and um, before the adoption is final? Uh, Billy, why don't you uh, sh- share with us? Uh, Get real close to the mic there, and uh, Good morning. Yeah, it's great to have you with us, Billy. Tell tell us uh, your story real quickly. Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge the blessings God's already given me, my wife Angie, and my two beautiful children, Quaid and Zane. How you guys doing, Angie? <laughs> um, but our journey started probably well, it was right around two and a half years ago when Zane was born. Um, we decided we wasn't having any more children, right? So we went and done what was necessary to make sure that was physically impossible and you did i did hello hey i did i figured she had (laughs) cut snip (laughs) i figured i'd do the rest of the work right so um yeah we had that done and um (laughs) we Oh, goodness. This is a show by men for oh, men. Yeah. Right. That's okay. Nobody's listening anyway. Sorry. Right. So, uh, 
you know, six months had passed and we'd already made our decision. We wouldn't have any more children. Well, as all the gentlemen have already spoken on this panel have said that, you know, God had other plans, right? And so God had other plans for us too. And uh, the wife was on her way to taking our children to school one morning and she, she came home and she was just in tears, uncontrollable tears. Gets me a little worked up just talking about it. That's, that's good. And that shows a tender heart, brother. And, um, she just started flooding with emotion on how God had just penetrated her heart out of nowhere and, and told us and explained to me that, that God had, had put on her heart that we were to have another child and that we were to adopt. She didn't have any more details than that, but, but, uh, that began our journey. And sure enough, just like, uh, I believe a couple of the gentlemen spoke about is that, uh, the adoption seminar came up at Southeast and, um, and so for me at the point at that point I, I couldn't even fathom what was going on because I'd already decided I wouldn't have any more kids, mm-hmm. right? And um, your quiver was full. That's it, right, according and, to your game plan. And, yeah, and I spent a couple of days just kind of trying to grasp the idea of having another child. And so the adoption seminar came up, and I said, "Okay, let's do this. Let's let's go check it out at least." And sure enough, we showed up, and um, um, and they started to play the introduction. Uh, music to the video you know the video they before you actually interact with people they have the video and in that video they started the first song they played was our wedding music Hmm. and and in that moment god flooded my heart Mm. and really kind of confirmed what he had already told my wife Mm -hmm. so we spent the rest of the evening finding out details and we spoke to a lot of people and um south korea continued to come up we continued to meet people from south korea or excuse me people that adopted from south korea we went to church the next week we met like three or four families in a day that adopted Mm. from south korea wow things that just don't normally seem to happen god was at work and so south korea was was where we decided that god was calling us to right and um and so that started that journey, and it took about, that was about a year and a half journey um, that ended badly. Um, we had done all the paperwork. We had done all the home study. We'd done all the waiting, and sh- they came back. Well, see, my oldest son is six. His name is Quaid, and he has Down syndrome. And South Korea doesn't quite see special needs the same way we do here in this country. They don't, they see it as a... Uh, a hindrance on a family and they couldn't understand how we could possibly take on a third child while caring excuse me while caring for a special needs child as well and so we had to do a lot of paperwork uh, to try to convince them we know we had our pastor write letters we had uh, her the therapist write letters and friends and families write letters to describe how well he interacts with the family and how you know um, but that didn't seem to be enough and uh, sure enough was maybe two or three months later after we submitted that information that they uh, sent us a letter telling us that unfortunately we could not adopt. So you, you wait a year and a half. A you go through all the paperwork. You do all this legwork. Mm-hmm. And a year and a half later, South Korea says no go. No go. Yeah, no go. And um, uh, what they cited were different issues than his 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 situation, my son's situation. 
but uh, but anyways, from there we moved on, and we wasn't really sure where God was leading us at that point. Um, but uh, I will, I do want to say before I continue that um, probably about six to eight months into this journey, we went on a cruise to uh, just to get away as as husband and wife and enjoy ourselves. And we said it, if you've ever been on a cruise, you have these tables where you eat at, and, and it's usually about eight or ten of you. And and I had, no, I had no understanding that anybody at this table was a Christian based on the four or five days we'd spent with them. But on the last day, uh, I don't even remember the gentleman's name, but I remember his face like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And as we was departing for the last time, he he got up and he came over to us and he said, because I'm a big financial guy, and I was concerned about the finances of supporting the adoption. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how he was going to attain all that, all that money. And he got up to me and he said, just remember that I, Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain, and his job <clears throat> was simply to be obedient, that God would provide the sacrificial lamb. And at that point, I knew that the weight of the results of the adoption was not mine. I didn't have to worry about this anymore. Just hand it over to God and let him run with it. And whatever happens is supposed to happen. And so that really took the weight off of my shoulders, and I stopped focusing on the struggles of the financial aspect, and I started worrying about... Instead, I just started focusing on on doing what God had called me to do, and he'll work out the details. So anyways, coming back to after we... um, uh, after we were turned down by South Korea, uh, our adoption assistants, uh, the adoption agency, uh, came to us about a situation in the Marshall Islands. And for anybody that's not familiar with the Marshall Islands, it's a it's a set of islands that is very very southwest of Hawaii. It's closer to Japan even. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I didn't know this, but it it's actually a, a U.S. territory, a lot like Puerto Rico is. Like so, like. They don't pay taxes, but they also don't vote, but they're governed by the U.S. Okay. So, anyways, um, they have a situation with this island because it's a very poverty-stricken island in Arkansas. There is a uh, butterball chicken and a Tyson chicken plant. But, anyways, they have a situation where they bring them here for employment. So, there's an entire community, entire village of Marshallese people that live there. In Arkansas. state In Arkansas. Okay, okay. In Arkansas. Yeah. Correct. Wow. And so, uh, also, it is a very Christian nation, and uh, they don't, and so therefore, they don't believe in abortion, but they also don't believe in birth control. And so, when they have more children than their families can um, support, they put them up for adoption. It's a lot different situation in adoption uh, with these families because they embrace it. It's not a. They even consider you part of the family. They say it's very. Uh, it's very common for the families after the birth of the child to take you out to dinner, the entire family, and celebrate with you, and and uh, you get to enjoy that connection with the family as as the years go by. Wow. So, and so, where are you now in that process? Uh, we met the birth mom about two months ago, and we have. She is now due may 23rd wow so and you're you're right there then we found out just a couple of weeks ago was confirmed that he is a boy all so right so you you know lord willing you will have a new baby in may that's right that's awesome that's oh. right well i'll tell you what we're going to take a break and in the next and final segment we're going to talk about the challenges of adoption both getting these children bringing these children home 
and how these guys were really blessed by other men and other women and families and, and loving them in the process. So we're going to take a break. Be back here shortly with Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you're just listening, we're talking about adoption today. We've got a room full of fathers who have adopted and are in the process of adopting. And we want to thank, before we get started any further, Carol Rogers Carpeting. Uh, Carol Rogers uh, Carpeting uh, with Ken Martin and his crew. Thanks for uh, them sponsoring our show. So, um, Kurt? Yeah, and so we've been talking about adoption. And uh, Vince, I'd I like to you know, get from you guys, what has been the challenges as an adoptive dad? Sure. So I, I, there's got to be a whole host of yes, issues yes. that you have to work through. But if I just say, if, give us you know a, a top challenge for you personally. Well, I think the challenge sort of uh, it manifests itself from the beginning, which is you have this high expectation of what life is going to be like before you bring them home because you see that picture and your heart's like they're my child, and then you get them into your home and you realize well they have had parents before. Um, you may not relate to them and they may not relate to you exactly like your biological children do. And then so you have the challenges within the home. You have a relational issue. And then I think the largest challenge associated with that is just the loneliness you feel because you may have friends or family who have biological children and they don't understand the sort of challenges that you have with your adopted children. And you almost feel guilty talking to them about those things because then you feel like you may be judged because the love mm. initially may not be there. And then you're like, well, this is God's thing, right? Adoption is the, is, you know, this is the most sacrificial thing you can do. And then you realize, well, it's very, very difficult How? And, and you feel lonely and you, you don't have folks around you necessarily that understand how you're feeling. Wow. And that could be a lonely, scary place. Uh, when you feel isolated and you feel like you're the only one who really, so there's gotta be some great hope when you see other guys who also can, uh, have experienced adoption and have gone through some of that. Let's let's jump over to uh, Travis just real quick. What's been uh, you, you had you had a wait of two and a half years. Um, what what was the most difficult thing for you? I don't think waiting was probably the hardest part. I think um, the process in which we walked through during that time um, mm. showed us that it's a broken system. Uh, the state was never designed to pick up the pieces of broken families. Um, it's a church's job. Um, and Jesus commissioned us as the church, our families, the bride, our church community, to rally around these kids and these families and love them well and provide them with a place of security. And so when I, when I see indifference and people choosing that, and I, I struggle with that as well because it's a lot easier to, to not want to know about the issues in our own backyard and in the families in our backyard. Um, and so I struggle with that too. So I'm, I'm not just placing blame, I, I absorb a lot of that. Um, but that was probably for me the biggest struggle because it's inside the church and our church body is um, in a lot of cases indifferent to what's going on because it's difficult. Mm. It's a lot easier. To, it is difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's, little, it's messy. It's yeah. difficult. There, there can be a lot of um, sin issues that mm. you inherit when you bring these, yeah. these kiddos into your home and all the ramifications with that. Yeah, you're not just bridging the generational 
gap of your own home anymore. You're you're taking on the generational sin of these families that you're standing up and trying to bridge wow. the gap for. That's that's awesome. That's incredible. I I can't imagine. Glenn, describe some of you know one of the most challenging things for you and Alicia. Certainly, a lot of challenges bringing um, bringing older children into our home. Of course, we we were adopting out of age order uh so that was a no-no in a lot of a lot of people's perspectives how was the oldest when you when, how, was lightning the oldest is the oldest uh botiana she okay. was almost 17 at, oh uh, so you, were, you brought teenagers home yes teenagers okay. and um the youngest of the of the group was 12 hmm. um there were issues of institutionalization um where they really didn't have the concept of family. Mm. They could relate to a director and a dorm mom, but they didn't understand mom and dad so much. There were, you know, just like just like a mini prison, you have, uh, you know, unwritten rules and regulations you just don't do. You learn how to work around. You learn what not to do, um, how to get what you want, et cetera. So all those things were issues. Uh, there was issues of education because we did did not have uh, children that are, you know, coming home that have been educated to the same level. Uh, we homeschool, so that was that was a blessing actually, and and uh, it's proved out well. Mm. So there were a lot of things like that. Uh, I could go on. Yeah, the <laughs> challenges funny. are many. Yeah, but I, but I would simply say that too, getting the kids home is one thing. That you know, it's kind of like you, you know when you get married, you, the wedding is like you got so awesome. much invested in the day, you know. And but once you <laughs> right after once you that, get home, real life begins. Yeah, yeah, once the honeymoon is over with, oh yeah, life begins. Yeah. So we uh, we we had international missions in our home for quite a while. Wow, Billy, how about you? What what has been? Uh, you, you you're almost adopted. Uh, your little one in May. What's what's been the biggest challenge for you and your wife? Yeah, these, all these guys are in post adoption. I'm still in the pre process. Um, well, I think for us the biggest thing was persevering mm-hmm. through the process of you know the denial, the denial. The wife, the wife really took that one hard. Um, um, I think men kind of take things a little bit differently and we process them differently. Yes. But that was really hard for her. Um, and getting through that and as a husband that was really hard for me to watch that through her but honestly if i was to be 100 percent truthful is that our church family is so amazing uh they they've backed us up through this whole process they've been there for us emotionally mm-hmm. um mm. i couldn't say enough about uh about our church family they've been there for our kids oh my gosh this guy over here to my right he uh he loves our oldest son and um it's just great to have have a church family that embraces you and is walking with you every step of the way. Um, but it, as far as challenges, just persevering through the ups and the downs and the valleys, it's it's a long process, you know. Uh, it's two and a half years now we've been into this, and so uh, just persevering. So let's talk real 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 quickly here. Um, there's there's challenges, there's difficulties, but there's also blessings. Yeah. And uh, just real quickly, a, a blessing. Um, Glenn, jump in there. You know what? What has been? You say this is it. This has been an incredible blessing. 
I've uh, been blessed with some great kids. Oh uh, yeah, and I would I would yeah, echo I, that. I mean, and and I hear it from people in the church. I mean, I I know that they serve in the church. They um, they uh, they give a lot. They spend time with mentors in the church, and uh, so I hear I hear a lot of their the goodness of their character, and uh, we're just blessed with good kids. Uh, it's an, and now grandchildren are coming. That's pretty <laughs> awesome too. Billy, what's what's been the blessing that you have seen in this whole adoption process? I think we've learned God's whole journey for us was to learn true obedience. Mm. And uh, it, it started from the very beginning. And this is, I think the journey, I think that's the way God kind of works in my life is that, in all of our lives for that matter, is that it, it's, sometimes it's more about the journey than the destination. Yeah. And well said. Well said. Vince? Yeah. So the challenges that I, we faced, you know, typically my wife and I primarily, but when I look at my, my children and I look at my biological children and how the relationship between three different family sets have come together and you look at the future of them for them this is normal and I think that's mm. awesome that they see adoption they see caring for others they see uh, international missions as, as as commonplace for them for my wife and I we, we kind of established that within our home so it's new it's more difficult but for them this is normal and so we, we just can't wait to see the blessing of this process that we've dealt with that may be difficult, but for them, it's kind of a, a mm. catapult into what God's going to lead them to. It's going to be greater things than even what we're at right now. So that that's the blessing. World-class Christians understand the, the global heart of God. That's awesome. Travis? I would think because um, Shalane and I were eight months into our marriage when we decided to take this journey. And <laughs> you were newlyweds, so, right, big time. So the Lord really just rooted and established us together. Um, mm. And so we've been able to grow in a rich relationship. And then I would say the second thing is probably just the our families um, providing us with regular date nights so that we can continue to build on that. And then the the crazy people who just show up at our door and say, hey, y'all go do your thing. We've got the kids tonight and mm-hmm. go and get fingerprinted so they can legally watch our children. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, every one of these guys deserve a whole hour as far as their stories they all, go. They, and they need a, a, a standing ovation. Um, <laughs> so here, here was our, our desire for this show. If, guys, if you're listening to the show, adoption should be on your radar. And the reason for is twofold. One, you're adopted First off, you may or may not be adopted. If you're not in Christ, you're not adopted. I mean, nobody is born a child of God. They were born to be a child of God, adopted through Jesus. And so if you're listening to this and you're not adopted by God, we pray you look to Jesus and become part of the family of God through Christ. And if you are a child of God adopted through Jesus, then earthly adoption needs to be on your radar. If you're not adopting internationally, locally, fostering, you're either praying for, loving on someone, assisting a family with, babysitting, writing a check, whatever it is, it needs to be on your radar. On some, some, something on your calendar, in your checkbook, something needs to be for all of us who are listening to this, uh, because that is the heart of God. So thanks for listening. Let me close in prayer. Uh, God, thank you that you are the adoptive father, that you love us unconditionally, and you brought us into your family, into your home, 
because of Jesus Christ. And we're so forever grateful. And Lord, we want to be, we want to be men and we want to be a people who have that kind of heart for others. So help us grow us in, in that Lord. And uh, thank you for this show. And thank you for these four guys who are modeling what it means to be uh, having a heart for, for others, for the, for the orphans and uh, for the less fortunate, for the, for the, the kids around the world who have no home. Thank you for their hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you want to hear this entire show and you just caught the end of it, listen to our podcast, which we post on Mondays on our Facebook page. So go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear this entire show and all of our past shows. So thanks for listening and hope to hear you soon. Hear from you soon. Solid Steps Radio. 